Hello, and welcome to the ADGM Think Series, where we explore what leaders across the financial market really think. My name is Gervalyn Cirillo, and I'm the Head of Ecosystem Development for the Financial Services Regulatory Authority here within ADGM. And I'm so happy to be joined today with Mark Westling. Is that how I pronounce your last name? Yes, sir, you're doing it in one, in one go, so it's excellent. Is it good? Is yeah, it not? Wrestling. Yeah, no, it's good. My Dutch is, uh, is shaky. Yeah. Nah, it's good. So, Mark, you co-founded Venture Rock, which is your current venture building studio initiative the program. All in one wonder child um, in 2018. Yeah. But before that, you have about 20 years of experience building and investing in a wide variety of startups. Um, notably, you founded a few of your own, yeah. so such as Just Eat, which was a yeah. big success. And then you were able to use that founder experience um, to launch your very own successful venture building, investing, accelerating programs, um, which has allowed you to amass a, a very, very big portfolio of about 150, 150 plus startups in the last few years. Well, congratulations on uh, a stellar track record. We're very happy to have you here in Abu Dhabi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Now, because you have such a strong experience and so many years of experience working with early stage founders and early stage startups, um, I really wanted to, you know, delve into delve into that specific space and ask you, does it make sense at the moment in this market to, to be investing in early stage startups? It's such a tumultuous time. <laughs> Yes, and of course I will yell. Of course, it, it makes. But you need to justify it. Yeah, so I always look at history, okay. and if you look at the current big companies in the top ten, top top fifteen worldwide, they are all founded prequel to times times like that. I think I've seen a nice little chart being shown across LinkedIn where they show amazing names, and suddenly you know appeared during dips in the... Because, yeah, never waste a good crisis. So uh, innovation comes at uh, uh, a critical moment. And uh, uh, and we believe that uh, it's now perfect time to invest in in early stage uh, companies, uh, but in a different way uh, than uh, we've done in the past 30 years, uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Well, I mean, I like to use the expression, you know, spray and pray, personally. That meat, but so, so. Blast and pray. Yeah. So, and I've seen that happening way too, too much. And also uh, being, uh, uh, wasting a lot of money uh, uh, to do so. And I believe uh, it's now also for a different approach from a venture capital perspective. Uh, and that's also what we want to achieve with, uh, with VentureWork. It's a more uh, a, a metered funding process, evidence-based investments, as we call it. Uh, 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 and also fully transparent to all stakeholders, and uh, not uh, uh, not investing based on bullshit metrics, but on on actual real. Yes, yes. No, I I mean, I I wasn't teasing. Just for the audience who's listening, I wasn't teasing when I actually talked about venture up being a little bit of a wonder child because it's very much a hybrid model in a way. Um, at AGM, we've had a lot of funds that come through, um, and for those listening, I actually happen to have authorized been the authorizer for Venture Rock. So I, I know all your deepest, darkest secrets. Oh, boy, you're in your year. But, but what was very interesting is the approach Venture Rock actually put forward of how founders to get to the next stage had to submit or had to showcase certain KPIs or they wouldn't get that extra funding. And it was really this level process. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about that? So 
What's not a bullshit KPI? <laughs> of course, uh, uh, the KPI in the very early stage, it's all about uh, uh, customer development, listening to uh, uh, problem, uh, uh, problems of, of various stakeholders. And what uh, a classical mistakes by many founders also during my years at the Startup Bootcamp did, they were showing the product already. Without the market? Without, yeah, exactly. And they get feedback about, oh, nice product, uh, nice, nice, nice UI. And they said, okay, we validated the problem, but showing your product is not the same as validating uh, whether they want to pay for it. And I saw many, many mistakes happening. So the first phase where we investing is what we call phase A, first step of, 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 of Steve Blank's uh, epiphany, four steps of epiphany. That's very simple. Do your research on the market, but especially also the problem stakeholders and not building anything. And once you have signed a, 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 a proof of concept yeah, and, and also uh, they want to pay for it, then you start building. But what happens in a classical model, I, I want to have a first, a first investor. The first investor says, okay, show me something. And then they start building. And then it's already a product uh, bias and not a problem uh, bias. New, yeah. interesting point. So you did mention a, a little bit about your time at Startup Bootcamp, but that's just one part of the, the story that yes. you, um, I think you mentioned, you know, before that you run over 21 accelerator programs. I mean, of course, no, it would be with Startup Bootcamp in Asia, in Europe and in uh, South Africa. Now, in the last few years, I mean, I remember in 20, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2018, we had really good accelerator momentum. Um, I think people were very excited to be part of these programs and they felt it to be very valuable. And they still are, but I do feel that the zeitgeist has changed. And is it that accelerator models fit a, fit a situation, fit a context at that moment? And maybe they don't fit it, fit it today? How, how, You've evidently evolved past the accelerator model. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, so, so uh, I think the zeitgeist was a little bit about uh, corporates wanted to start working with uh, uh, startups, and they were sponsoring also a lot of accelerated programs. But the people at the corporates don't know anything about uh, working together with startups. Yeah, so the the language was disconnected, and I've seen that happening many times. And also, uh, a, a, a joke came out of it. A POC is the sound of hitting the ground when it fits. Because 90, 95% of POCs doesn't turn into commercial agreements. Because of compliance issues. Eh? Uh, because it was an MPP built on a fluffy tech. Uh, so they were not uh, able to, 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 to work together with those corporates. And the corporates were not able to work with uh, the startups either. Because their procurement system was not allowing to work with early stage companies. So all the partnerships went into dust. Yeah. That is unfortunate. It's uh, it's true. It's true that we did actually see that first it was the XR model. Then people started pushing towards the POC or POC model. Uh -oh. And now it's sort of had this sort of roundabout turn where we're back to sort of a venture building or studio model where people are like, you know what? We have to do it from the ground up and we can't count on corporates anymore. Uh, or and builds. Uh, compliant companies from day one, but not like in the big enterprise software uh, uh, environment, but in, in building blocks. So you really can iterate uh, fast, but they also have a compliant software uh, build up. And then, and not the fluffy MVP, but uh, a, a good piece of software and together with the customer, yeah, or probably... Uh, you can co-create that sort of... Exactly, co-creates. And that's m much more 
our approach. Yep. Very nice. So evidently, you know, founders pitch to you and in a way you pitch back to founders, right? Because it's a partnership. Do you feel that founders have gotten more picky over the years in choosing who their partner is, who their venture partner is, who their investors are, their LPs? Of course. And so they should be, right? Because uh, some of them, they are second or third time founders and they have experience working with uh, uh, accelerator incubators or, uh, or informals or uh, VCs. And they also recognize a lot of bullshit. Uh, so uh, they need to be picky. Uh, and uh, you're not going to work with each other for a few months. It's a, it's a, it's a five, six, seven, eight, and in some cases, it's a years. marriage it's right a, it's there. A, it's a marriage. <laughs> it is. All right. I think I think one final question because you know just to tell everybody, Mark is actually here in Abu Dhabi with us, and you did set up your fund. You set up the newest you know branch of Venture Rock here in in AGM, which uh, we're really thrilled to have. What are your ambitions for Abu Dhabi? So we would like to set up the first global impact venture builders uh, fund in Abu Dhabi, uh, where we support the, uh, the the worldwide venture builders that we've set up in Los Angeles, a sports tech, in Amsterdam, FitTech, in uh, Singapore, uh, a clean tech. But we also are going to announce in the region uh, uh, also a few uh, venture builder uh, um, 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 uh, programs, and we want to support them. Uh, uh, from the, the global funds in Abu Dhabi. And that's why we also applied for, uh, for a license in Abu Dhabi, because we believe the strategy and the future of ADGM. And uh, that's why we're also uh, really happy that uh, uh, you, amongst others, have uh, granted us the license to start it. Thank you. Well, we're very happy to have you. We're really thrilled to be growing the ecosystem and I'm sure, you know, very excited to see your addition and the wonderful firms that are going to be built you and you know from you there we thank you so, so much mark thank you for him thank you thank you